Okay, so this is really fun. I am obsessed with this app. It's called Anchor. And I may just start talking to myself and make podcasts and no one may ever listen to it and it's fine because I get to add funny interludes and uh, just do some storytelling. So Ave is um, almost a year old, March 5th, which is crazy. And so I... um, It just seems like the right time to record his birth story, especially because I am asked um, pretty frequently to tell it. So this way I can just send someone a link and I don't have to retell it and then I potentially forget things or um, don't, I don't know, don't give the correct, like the right information at the right time or people aren't ready to listen to it yet and then they ask me and I don't have time to share or whatever. So this will um, be a good way for me to share it. And it's the first time I'm going to record this. So it's probably going to be really rough. And there's going to be a lot of ums and breaks, especially because I'm just talking and storytelling by myself. And I don't have anyone to keep me in line with that. So I'll try to be as professional and efficient as possible without anyone checking in on me or holding me accountable for horrible grammar. But that's what this is about, is honeymead in the raw. There will be things in the story I'm not censoring anything. I actually slid the uh, explicit <laughs> content slide over um, for my pod my podcast pseudo (laughs) whatever I'm doing right now um because I don't want to have to worry about censoring anything and I that I think that that is the best way to share stories because I don't think that being a mom and a wife and giving birth is anything that should be sugar-coated anyway and if you don't want to hear any of that, then don't listen to the rest of this. So I was waiting for a nice um, sleeping baby moment to do this over the past like few months and there's never been a correct time. So now's the time. So I'm going to start with um, the week leading up. I listen, I've listened to a lot of birth stories, so I'm going to try to duplicate how like the method that that was done because I thought it was well handled. So I'm going to start with the week leading up to birth and try to be as concise but also as raw as possible. So the week of I had um my 39 week appointment and going into this I was even though I would say I was open minded like I wasn't open minded about like needing drugs for birth. I just was extremely paranoid. It doesn't make any sense. Um I have a sleeve, like, it doesn't make any sense why I'm afraid, would be afraid of needles. I was just so petrified of having an epidural that I was like, I'll just take the pain. I don't care. So that's my opinion. I don't have anything against people having drug births. All births are crazy and intense. And, um, I don't, I, I literally, I don't care. I don't care how people give birth. Um, but I just knew personally, I wasn't going to have drugs unless I was forced to, um, which would mean like C-section. Um, so I 
and Nelson and I went over like, do we have a code word for if I want the drugs or not? And finally, we got to the point I was like, if I say that I want the drugs, I'm serious because I'm so petrified of having to get an epidural that I'm I'm serious if it comes to me asking. <laughs> so take it seriously. So 39 weeks comes. I also was petrified of having to induce labor because I knew that I didn't really know. Honestly, I didn't really know too much about it. And I actually think doing this, I'm going to make my um, friend Caroline tell her story because she had an induction birth. And I think that that is something that more people should also have hyper-awareness of like what goes on during that because um, I did not know what went on during that, but I knew that you didn't want it. <laughs> and I knew that a lot of times induction led was more likely to lead to C-sections and I knew I didn't want that. So, um, well, I was just paranoid. I mean, obviously you go into it and you're like, whatever has to happen, you have a healthy baby, that's all that really matters. But I really did not want a C-section and <laughs> I was going to freak out and panic if that happened. So, um 39 weeks comes. <laughs> I go to my 39-week appointment. I wanted to do all the tricks to make sure that I did not have to be induced. So I knew at 39 weeks I was going to have a membrane sweep, which is basically where they stick their fingers up there and break the seal of the like waters, um, like the amniotic sac or whatever around your I think it's around your cervix. I honestly don't even, like, I know, but I don't know. Um, so they, like, separate the bag of waters from your, like, cervix, uterus area. And it's supposed to jumpstart the process of labor. Also, there's things that's, like, I mean, there is some truth, like, the baby's going to come when it comes. You don't know. Like, it. sometimes people have to have multiple membrane sweeps. Like, it's not necessarily, it's not a sure thing. Nothing's a guaranteed thing. It's just, like, things that make people think you're going to jumpstart labor. So I did that. Also, then I went home that day because they, um, my midwife, who's my one of my favorite people in the world, she was like, the trifecta is to have the membrane sweep, hook up to your breast pump, and have sex. That's like usually what jumpstarts labor. Do all three of those things. Obviously not at the same time. And so I went home, hooked up to my breast pump, which also is a great thing to do because then you learn how to use it and you're not like in crazy hormonal postpartum phase where you're like, you're think everything is the worst thing in the world and you're spazzing out about how to use a breast pump. So it was actually really awesome because then I could learn how to use my breast pump without like a screaming baby, um, in the background. So did that like a couple times in the day. So I like really figured it all out. And then, um, Nelson and I like attempted to have sex and I don't even, I just remember it was, at that point, when you're 39 weeks, I mean, there's no, there's nothing, nothing enjoyable about that. <laughs> it was more like, let's do this to try to get this baby out. So then, Friday night, we actually, it was really cute. We went to um, a fish fry down the street because Nelson had never been to one. We are not Catholic, um, but we have, because we're in a very Catholic city, we have fish fries everywhere. So we went to a fish fry down the street, which was fun at a fire station. And came home and then, um, Saturday that then, so that was on, um, I think my 39 week appointment was on Thursday and we also that night got super spicy Indian food. And then on Saturday morning, we went and hung out at our friend's house for a little bit, ran some like errands and I started to kind of feel like crampy. And I also at this time had like, I had been losing my, my mucus plug for like 
a couple weeks. Like it was never like one obvious like hunk falling out. It was like over the course of multiple weeks because also if anyone doesn't know this, which I learned in an amazing birth class, is that it can just regrow back. So you losing your mucus plug doesn't actually mean anything. Just kind of like how you're you can be dilated and it like really doesn't mean anything. You could go from zero to a hundred or you could slowly progress and then nothing happened. Like there isn't really like a truth to, um, things jumpstarting. But so then on Saturday I started kind of like, so after the membrane sweep, which just like any other appointment where they're checking your cervix, you can have like a little bit of spotting, which is normal. And I was, um, I was also always triggered by seeing blood back to um, when I miscarried. So having the membrane soup, I was like, okay, I'm going to spot. It's fine. Like, whatever. Then the spotting kind of went away. And Saturday morning-ish, I started to um, see more blood. And not everyone has, like, the quote-unquote, like, bloody show either. And what they mean by that, too, is not, like... A bunch of blood comes out. It's just like more than spotting, I guess I would say. So, and nothing's a sure thing. Like everything is normal. Everything that's not normal is normal. You just like have no idea. I never had any Braxton Hicks. So I, but I, from having a miscarriage, I also knew like sort of what to expect. And I knew that it was just going to be like super intense, like period cramps essentially. So on Saturday I started to see like some more blood and I kind of was like, Googling and going through my racking my brain of like back and forth like okay what's too much blood what's when do I be concerned like what's what do I be concerned about and so I ended up texting my midwife and was like um when do I be concerned about blood and she's like oh you're fine it's probably just like the process starting it's unless there's like a you know you're like soaking you know a pad essentially you're not it's fine like don't worry about it I was like okay so then sun and Friday also, I took our dog on a walk because I was like, I'm going to go walk. Like like I said, I was doing all the things. So I took him on a walk and it was very uncomfortable, but I could still walk. So then the difference changer happened. Saturday night, I was like, just kind of felt like strong back pain and was like a little bit crampy, but could sleep. So, and they say that, they say, if you can sleep through the pain, then you're fine. So Sunday morning rolls around and that's when the difference maker happens is I could tell from Friday that I like took an uncomfortable walk to Sunday. I was like, I'm not leaving the house. I just like felt like I was just like, I I can't leave the house. Like I'm not, I'm not leaving the house. And I didn't want to like hardly get dressed. Like I put on these like harem yoga pants I have and like a sports bra. And I was like, I can't even put like a shirt on. And I was just super uncomfortable. Nelson, meanwhile, is just like, oh, well, this could go on for like days. Like, I don't know if anything's really going on, I'm like, I think something's happening. So then finally in the middle of the day, I called my midwife and I was like, I think this is happening. (laughs) Like I feel uncomfortable. And I just had like super strong back pain and kind of like crampy. And then I finally started to, she was like, yeah, it sounds like early labor. Like call me back every two hours and check in. And whenever you say like, you're ready to go, we'll go. And so then I like, watched we just like watched movies Nelson actually it was so funny because he was like well I need to go to the grocery store and get like stuff for lunches for the week for work like I still have to do things and he like ran a couple errands and I was like you're not going to work tomorrow like I just knew like I was just like this is happening and even though we both were you also don't know you know how long things are going to go on and I was like this could be 
It could be like days. I don't, I, I don't know. I could have a baby in a couple hours. Like you just have no idea. And so then I, um, ended up like, and my midwife was like, just get in, in and out of the shower, like do whatever feels good. Like just hang out as long as you can basically. And so, and Rachel came over, um, my best friend Rachel came over, which was so funny because she just rolls in with like Arby's and sits on our couch and I'm like dead to the world and we are just hanging out. She leaves. Like we don't think anything of it. Like she's just like, oh, okay. Like you're uncomfortable. So then I put on, I was like, I got to watch a comedy. Like it's, I need a, like something funny. So we put on Ace Ventura <laughs> and like 15 minutes into it, which I could watch a hundred times, 15 minutes into it. <laughs> I remember it very specific, like very vividly at like 5 30 PM. I think it was 5.45 after 15 minutes of it, I was like, okay, I'm getting really uncomfortable. Like we, we need to go. Like I could just tell I was uncomfortable and I knew from people saying that the car ride was really uncomfortable and we had about a 20 minute car ride. Like I was like, we got to go. So I just throw on like an excuse for, I threw on like a sweatshirt or something, like an excuse for sure. And, um, in one of my lists that I send to people for what to pack for a hospital bag, I very specifically say, don't even bring underwear. Don't even wear them to the hospital because it's literally the most pointless thing ever. So I, I mean, I was like, I just threw pants on. Cause I was like, what if my water breaks in the car? Like it's already going to be like, there's no point. There's no point in wearing underwear from like <laughs> labor and on <laughs> pretty much. So I get, so we get there and it seems like and we had to walk so far through the hospital. It just seems crazy, but it was just like, no, I can handle this. And it was, it like, I could tell they were timed out and it was like ebb and flow, but it was just like really intense, like a, like a grunt worthy pain. It wasn't like sharp. It was just like, I can tell something's happening. I'm uncomfortable, but I can like breathe through it. It's pretty bad, but like I'm, I can breathe through it. So, um, we get to check in. It felt like a hundred years and Nelson said it actually was extremely efficient and fast, but I feel like it was a hundred years. And immediately when you get there, they, the, whoever the nurses che- has to check you. So they check me there and they're like, Oh, you're four centimeters. Cool. Like you can stay. Cause that's the biggest fear is like, Oh, I'm definitely in pain. Something's going on, but they're going to send me home. And then like that's, or whatever. You don't want to get stuck in a situation forever. So they check me in. And originally when we had, um, looked at the rooms and stuff, I was like, I want the new Zen room. I want all this like nice shit. And then it happens and I'm like, I don't care. This could be like a closet. I don't, I literally don't care what the room looks like. And, um, so I get checked in. We tell Tina, like my midwife, she knew we were there. So she starts like heading, getting herself ready to come down. She was like, lived like 45 minutes away. And so then they hook me up to monitors to see every like to monitor contractions, even though I had a normal pregnancy and like didn't need to be on monitors. So that first like kind of beginning time was a little bit of a blur. I just remember like what was really I remember making Nelson turn on the TV and Shark Tank was on, which is hilarious because I'm all about that Shark Tank Um, and I want to buy everything that's on there. So. I remember that, but I also, you just don't know what you're going to want. So I was like, I don't know what I'm going to want. Am I going to want, um, like I packed my diffuser, which I did use in the postpartum, 
like room, which was amazing. But in labor and delivery, I brought, I brought all my things. Cause I was like, I don't know if I'm going to want music. I don't know if I'm going to want TV. I don't know if I like, I don't know what I'm going to want. So I ended up, I had this, um, one of my favorite piano albums ready to go. And I just had Nelson like playing it on my phone and would just like do super deep throat humming, um, per my, uh, prenatal yoga practice, um, through the contractions and like, yeah, it was painful and I had back labor, but like, it was just, it, you know, like I could just count and just really super focus and it was over. Like, and when she checked me into the room and hooked me up the monitors, they have to call the anesthesiologist if you're going to do an epidural and have them on deck or whatever. And when she was like, are we doing an epidural? I was like, nope. And I just like answered quickly. And I was like, and she was like, call, you know, the, the anesthesiologist calls and she's like yep we're not doing one and I was like here we go (laughs) like I just I don't know if I'm gonna want one or not but I just I just told them no so we're just gonna go with that for now and when they're hooking me up like I spazzed out and was a big baby even through all of this about them just hooking me up to an IV because they have to give you fluids like it's I don't know about all hospitals but it's part of regulation at most because they don't know how much you've eaten or drink during drank during the day so they have to give you just fluids like an IV of fluids so they do that and I'm spazzing out about even getting the IV the girl freaking of course too because I'm like spazzed out about IVs the first nurse like doesn't get my vein and bruises the shit out of my arm and so then this and she's like oh gotta go I'm off my shift and then the new one comes in and like does it and they're laughing at me because I have a whole sleeve of tattoos and I'm freaking out about having the IV put in and they're just cracking up so then finally um and Tina shows up like 45 minutes into this, an hour maybe, and she's like, I don't know why the hell they have you hooked up to these monitors. You don't need to be on this. And she's like, starts running the room. And I was like, this is my favorite person ever. And so she's like, do you want a different room? Is this fine? Do you want a bigger room? Do you want And I was like, no, no, like I'm fine here. Like I'm delirious. I don't know. Oh, and also in this process, right after they checked me and before they like put me in an actual room, my water, like I thought it all the way broke, but it partially broke my water breaks. And basically I did also didn't realize, which I wish I would have known, which is also why I'm sharing this whole story because I think there's tidbits that everyone should know that you just, you think you know all the things and then you don't know the things. And so every single contraction you have more amniotic fluid comes out. It just, it just freaking gushes. It's not like your water breaks once and it's done. Every single contraction, it just comes out. I had, which makes sense because I was enormous at this point, um, I had so much fluid, so much fluid. I mean, it was like, it was obscene, an obscene amount of amniotic fluid. It just like was for days, just coming forever. So my water breaks, I'm pretty sure they check it. They're like, Oh yeah, looks like your water broke, which was also great. Cause then they didn't have to do that for me. Um, so then, um, Tina comes in, runs the show, which was amazing. She's like, forcing me to be out of the bed and walking and whatever we Nelson and I get into different positions of like him holding me up all this stuff and also also when I checked in they're like um here's your gown and you're gonna have to take everything off including your underwear I'm like bitch of course I don't have like I didn't even wear underwear here are you kidding me like (laughs) do people try to give birth with underwear on like who thinks you keep your underwear on so (laughs) that was 
That's so funny. Um, anyway, so then I was able to get in the jacuzzi, which was dr- like a dream. It was so dreamy. And Nelson hung out with me, of course. Like he did, we weren't like that hippy dippy. He did not get in the, gr- the jacuzzi with me, but um, he hung out with me in the jacuzzi room, and that was awesome. And we speakerphone my other really good friend, Amy. Um, and had her pray over us, like, over speakerphone, just for a speedy, um, delivery, and I was, like, that was the point where I was, like, kind of freaking out, like, oh my gosh, I need Amy, like, (laughs) I need Jesus take the wheel, like, it was just really intense, and so then, um, meanwhile, I'm just, like, and then after the jacuzzi, I'm just, like, amniotic fluiding just all over the place, um, just back and forth forever, and whenever I walked around, like, it was just more coming out, so then, um, we start, I mean, they tell you, like, if you feel like you need to push, like, then start pushing or whatever, like, I don't, I still to this day, I'm, like, I don't know, like, basically, they, Tina would just keep checking me, and it would be, like, okay, you're, like, eight, okay, like, we need to wait till at least nine to start pushing, and so finally at, like, nine-ish, she's, like, yeah, I mean, we can start, because I just was, like, I don't know, I don't feel the urge to push, like, I don't know what that means, they say, they, they as in, like, whatever, the general people about having babies say that if you feel like you need to have a bowel movement, then that's, like, what it should feel like when you start, like, when you need to start pushing, so then, um, we, I start, pushing uh at some point in all this I mean it was still it was still that it was still Sunday at that point and um I was like sweaty I mean by sweaty I mean like I mean like I looked like I jumped out of a like swimming pool sweaty like it was insane and so Tina was awesome she's like do you need a fan get her a fan like was ordering all the nursing staff around which was fabulous it was so great to have somebody like on my side and just controlling things. And so she gets me a fan, gets me whatever I want. Um, the amazing thing without it, I mean, it was intense. Don't get me wrong. But the amazing thing without having drugs is that I could eat. I didn't want to, but I could, I could eat if I wanted, I could, you know, get in and out of the jacuzzi, take shower, like do whatever I wanted to do where I just, and I could, I was able to push in like, I think it was like four or five different positions. So that was really awesome because that helps the progress like go faster. Um, sometimes people are super tense and when they get an epidural, it speeds things up. Sometimes when, um, you're progressing, then the epidural slows it down. So like, you just have to do whatever you think is what you want to do and that's fine. So I was able to be in a bunch of different positions, which was amazing. And, um, also having the membrane sweep, I think was, um, a hundred percent like the equal, equal to the amount of uncomfortable pain as giving birth. And so if you can get a membrane sweep, you can give birth naturally (laughs) as long as things are progressing, like as, you know, and not as crazy, like 48 hour manner. So then, um, basically I pushed for an hour and a half. And the sum of that was that I used Tina's body as a footrest. God bless her. She's just an amazing woman. Um, and Nelson at one point, which was hilarious. Cause we just kind of ran out the door in a hurry, of course, like naturally. Um, 
he didn't have like socks on and had boat shoes on and he took off his shoes at one point because his feet were hot and I could smell his feet and I was like you need to put those back on like screamed at him um that was the only like funny part where I actually like yelled at Nelson's direction (laughs) um and so then um Tina also I remember very vividly are getting pissed off at a couple of the nurses because they couldn't figure out the exact position she wanted the like foot bars on and so she's like just give it to me I'll do it myself and like just took over and I love that Tina is like she's like a she's a she's a solid girl like she it was she was it was great so um so then um basically then the entire pushing process like to describe feeling it um it was pretty rough because of the fact that I so Avery was sunny side up and I didn't realize that you don't want a baby sunny side up you want them to be face down and so Tina had to manually turn him every push like contraction push that I did and what was also really cool was that like I controlled um you have to tell them when you're like about to have a contraction because you can tell at that point to like put you have to push during contractions so it was kind of one of those like dreaded things but I like was great to push because you knew that it was the end was in sight and by end I mean relief and a uh, perfect baby so then um so she had to turn him during which was pretty awful and um I remember screaming at her at one point, like, in a death scream of, like, Tina, no! And, uh, then I 100% the entire time just felt like I was just shitting, just, like, on a loop. Like, they tell you about pooping while giving birth, and I was like, whatever, like, I don't want to poop, but whatever has to happen. And, um... And they, but they also say that like the nursing staff and, you know, people just take care of it. Like nobody's going to like, no, it's not like there's a pile of poop just like chilling. So, and afterwards Nelson, like one of the second things he said was like, you didn't even poop. And I was like, are you telling me that to be nice or are you being serious? Because I was pretty sure I was just shitting on a loop and he's like, no. And I was like, well, that's amazing. Like that's a miracle in itself. (laughs) That's great. So, um, that's what it feels like is just taking a massive horrible dump and um so then uh fast forward to the hour and a half after pushing Ava's is born it's like you have instantaneous relief which is crazy like no more cramping like it's just insane it's just like instantaneous instant relief which was phenomenal um I did delayed delayed cord cutting uh and I so they immediately like <laughs> um, handed him to us. And then I'm, and then, uh, Tina, I had like a first, like first degree tear. So she repaired me, which they do like a local like shot of numbing or whatever. Um, cause I didn't have any drugs. So they do like a, like a shot to do that, which was no big deal. And then she literally repaired me before I, delivered the placenta which was um which was great it was like and it was super efficient <laughs> so then after all of that and there's also like eight people in the room at this point um that's just like there has to be like 
God, there was like five or six nurses and then Nelson and I. So it's crazy when people have like family and like stuff in there because it's not that big of a room and there's already you have you're required to have so many nurses and stuff to get everything together when the baby comes out. So it was just a lot. And then uh, so then we they leave you we're at a hospital, which almost all of them do this now where they leave you um, like two hours of bonding time and uh that two hours was the closest feeling of because you're it's just you and the baby and your significant other and you like they're like not clean clean but they're they do a really good job of like cleaning them up for the most part and you want them to be kind of like you know all fresh anyway it's better for them anyway so that two hours was like the best, the best two hours of my life. Like I, if I could encapsulate that feeling into a pill and take it every day, I would. It was, it was, especially with having an anxious pregnancy, um, it was the closest thing I've ever felt to like a godliness of like peace with God. And just that like, now the baby's here, everything's fine. And they just are like, I mean, that skin to skin is, there's just nothing like it. It's a, it's, incredible and you just know immediately from then on like this is your person and <laughs> like that's and like here we are so and it's also a wild time of like oh my god I just did all these I just did this I just did this crazy thing um and you feel like a like a superhero and it's but also like super like amped at the I mean it's just like crazy amped feeling that it, you can't duplicate so then because I didn't have an epidural um I was able to like pretty much walk right away so literally after they like they came in at the two hour two and a half hours or so um after bonding time and walk me up to like to start to like get (laughs) a whole underwear hospital underwear pad situation started so she gets me up and this is kind of where the like unexpected part sets in. Like I knew stuff, but once again, like you think you know things and you know, like maybe part of it, you don't know all of it. So she takes me to go to the bathroom. You're also like, you're peeing. If you're going to the bathroom, it's in front of somebody. So all modesty is gone. Um, you are going to the bathroom in front of nurses for like the next three days. Essentially you're there. So, um, she walks me in the bathroom and waits for me to like attempt to like, if I have to pee or not. And I'm like, I don't even remember. It's like, I black, like, this is all blur. Like, I feel like I remember I couldn't pee. And then they're like, okay, now we set you up with all these pads. So they put an ice pack. You get like these super, super sexy hospital panties that are like mesh. Um, I also was obsessed with, they were amazing. So, because then you could just throw them out. Like they get gross or whatever. Like you just throw them out. You're not like wasting underwear, but also it doesn't feel like you have to wear underwear. So, and the ice packs, if I could put ice packs in my panties for the rest of my life. I it was like that's such a great invention. <laughs> so, they give you these like really sexy mesh panties and then the ice pack and then also a like giant pad thing because you're just like you're you're going to bleed. So, and the bleeding is like just a lot more than I expected. Like it obviously slows down, but because your uterus is getting is like shrinking again, like it's just it's a lot more blood than I ever like that I expected. And I couldn't really see everything that was going on from the delivery side of things, but I'm aware that it was basically a murder scene of blood. So, um, 
then they wheelchair you up to postpartum and that was great and basically you're just like awake for the next like three days because you can't sleep and um your baby needs needs you and you obviously you need it and (laughs) you have to like skin to skin is so important and uh I'll probably do some more talking to myself slash if people want to listen um about other details of different parts of the story but the main birth stuff is what I wanted to kind of get all in the same message so we go to postpartum um postpartum nurses are just like incredible human beings and they there's a special place in heaven for them (laughs) so um they so the rule is and I so I got okay so Abe was born at one in the morning we had our like two hours of one in the morning on a Monday we had two hours or whatever of like our bonding two and a half three hours and then we go we probably got in postpartum at like four in the morning it was like 3 45 something like that I don't know why do I remember these times why do I remember this I don't know it doesn't seem like I should (laughs) I remember like times of things so um the kitchen doesn't open for food the restaurant whatever at the hospital until 6 30 in the morning and they I wasn't all I wanted to do was take a shower that's all I wanted and they're like well you're you can't you've lost so many calories and blood like you can't take a shower until you eat a meal and I was like okay so um then uh that first meal was amazing but basically you're just like all you can do is sit and look at that baby it's just like them it's great you don't even care you're like I haven't slept in like 48 hours I don't care (laughs) like it doesn't matter anymore and I um watched the sunrise that morning from postpartum and it was the cool it was just like the best feeling ever and so then the also the rule is that they have to even if you are have like didn't have drugs or whatever when you're switched to a new hospital room you have to have assistance going to the bathroom the first time just so they know that you're not a fall risk, you're not going to pass out walking there. So they're like, when you feel like you have to pee, which this was another really weird thing. I forgot about this. You go from being pregnant and having to pee like every 20 minutes and like feeling like you have to pee every 20 minutes, like you know when you have to go to after birth for like, I want to say it was was like a couple weeks where you just have to like force yourself to go to the bathroom every couple hours because you don't know when you have to go. Like you literally can't feel when you have to go anymore, which is so weird. So they're like, you know, when you maybe in a couple hours, if you want to try to pee, like call us and we'll come walk you to the bathroom. Cool. No big deal. I am like, okay, maybe I'll try to pee. So I, so the first time I went to the bathroom, I call him up, girl walks me to the bathroom. I mean, as soon as I like sit down to pee, like blood is just like still rolling out. Oh my God. And it like, then when you like try to put your pants back on by pants, I mean, sexy mesh panties, you, there's like more blood coming out. And I was just like, did not expect for this to be like a continuous thing and I was like oh my god and then instantly your urge of like being a cleanly woman you like want to help like clean it up and you're just like oh my god (laughs) and like because also at this point too your first trip to the bathroom they're teaching you like you got to squirt yourself instead of wiping like there's all these things you got to do you got to put tucks like witch hazel pads in your in the sexy mesh panties like all the things there's like a whole routine to going to the bathroom and so then 
the girl who's the nurse, she was like 21 and she's like, don't worry about it. I'm, I'll clean it up. Like, that's my job. Like, it's fine. I'm like, oh my God, like mortified. Like there's blood everywhere. And so that was also, um, the first of many life lessons of like, let other people help you. And certain people, it's their job to do things like that. So it was horrible. Um, but that was kind of like, it wasn't as bad every time, but it got like lighter and lighter and lighter. But that was like one thing that I did not expect was to kind of like be on this like blood bathroom trip like every time um and so and then they have to um check to make sure that your uterus is shrinking appropriately and you don't have hemorrhaging and all this stuff so whenever they come in to check on you which is like every couple hours they have to push on your stomach to make sure your uterus is going down and like that was really uncomfortable so um so there's a lot of things that are just like uncomfortable not like painful just like just uncomfortable and um and the last thing you want when you're trying to like learn to breastfeed and you just had all this trauma happen to your downstairs is people like feeling you up and you're just like oh my god no one touched me for uh the next 10 years so anyway um then my first meal was amazing and I got all these pancakes and just like a million things I was like I burnt 35,000 calories like I'm gonna eat everything so that was great and then um yeah, it was, that's, I mean, that's pretty much the gist of it. It was an amazing time. It was very intense. Uh, in hindsight, I probably, I wish I would have asked more about like laughing gas or maybe another like chill out method. Um, cause it was, an, it was intense. It was a lot happening, but I mean, I was able to just like do this crazy, like deep throat like humming to get through it. And that's just like, and my body, like it helped like calm me down that's what it's supposed to do. Um, and it was, I mean, it was awesome. So, uh, it felt good to like set a very stubborn goal and be able to follow through with it. Like I said, it's not for everyone. Um, one thing, oh, one thing that was really cool about not having drugs, which I, oh, and also afterwards, this was so funny. They gave me, um, like a bunch of Motrin <laughs> afterwards, like, oh, you can have this Motrin now, like, for the pain, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that was gonna do stuff, so that was all the drugs I took was some Motrin, <laughs> so, um, but one thing that was cool is that when you do have an epidural, which also, once again, there's nothing wrong with this, but usually, most of the time, when you have an epidural and the baby comes out, they're usually, like, eyes are closed, pretty sleepy, because the drugs do affect them, and, I didn't know that until the, um, the labor and delivery nurses like told me that. And Ave, when he came out, he was like eyes fully open. He was like alert and like ready to go. And that was pretty, it was a really cool thing because you just, you always see these pictures and babies are always like, their eyes don't open for like, you know, practically like two days (laughs) after birth and all this stuff. And I didn't know that like drugs were maybe a part of that. And so it was a really cool thing to see him like alert and ready to go. And he was like, I'm here, I'm ready to go. And, uh, so that was just a really fun part of everything. And so, yeah, then I snuggled him in the hospital and tried to like learn to breastfeed for, three days and then now I'm almost to a year of breastfeeding which is crazy that's like a whole other topic because it is very hard it's honestly 
and I think that is harder than than the birth situation like especially for learning curves and like lack of information and help and all of that um so yeah here here we are almost a year later which is crazy so I hope that that was educational and uh I want to have my other friends share their stories because all of my friends all have different stories which is so fun I'm obsessed with hearing people's birth stories and uh have different scenarios and I especially want to record Caroline's story because she had a 48 hour labor so um so that's crazy and she's a rock star so um anyway that's all I've got for this nap time